All right, it is day three at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. It is Sunday, April 14th, 2019, and uh, we have a lot less to cover today, which is nice because it was a little bit uh, of our, our down day, mm. to be fair. Uh, I think we, we had about 6,900 steps today. <laughs> so we arrived to Celebration Chicago at McCormick Place at 10.45 a.m. and got into the overflow panel for the Mandalorian, which was at the Galaxy stage. And uh, we all had the, the lottery win there, so that was nice to be able to just saunter on in and oh, yeah. get a great seat. Um, quick points about the Mandalorian, guys. Uh, who wants to start? Michael, do you want to? Sorry. <laughs> who wants to start first? Uh, Noma, do you want to start us off there? Yeah, I'll try and go through uh, as much as we can. They they were very, very t- uh, tight-lipped about a lot of the things that uh, they were going over on on the panel. Like, we weren't allowed to take... We weren't allowed to take uh, video. any videos or recordings or anything like that, so I ended up resorting to making notes in the pitch black darkness. Which uh, some of them were write o- written over top of each other, weren't they? It's like <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few of these that were like the, the ramblings of an insane man, and I'll desperately try and decipher these. But let's go over uh, some of the notes that I was able to take. So one little piece of trivia that I thought was really cool, and I didn't really realize, was that uh, John F- John Favreau and Dave Filoni have kind of been collaborating on this project uh, ever since Iron Man One, which is the inception of the project. Like yeah, we talked and, about it, which is awesome. Yeah, basically at this point, almost eleven years ago. Um, so one of the things that that they were saying was really cool was that uh, John Favreau was the first person to see Clone Wars. And uh, Dave was the first person to see Iron Man, which was really cool. like man, it, it's awesome how far back those two have gone and how 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 long they've been working together. So one thing that I actually didn't know, I guess I just I've, I haven't checked the IMDb as as much as I thought I had. I didn't realize that that John Favreau is pre Vizsla, um, so that was was kind of mind blowing. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- that was really cool, and it made a lot of sense as soon as they said it. Uh, so one of the things that they said with Mandalorian kind of switching gears was that they really want to explore the post-victory anarchy of the New Republic. Uh, kind of, John was going over the fact that a lot of the times, um, you know, a victory after a huge civil war starts out really good and then gets very complicated and messy and a lot of things slip through the cracks and that might be some of the things that the Mandalorian is dealing with. Um, they were very, very conscious of the fact that they wanted to explore the original influences of Star Wars. So a lot of cowboy stuff, a lot of samurai, you know, seven samurai kind of stuff. And um, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah, no but due to what you just said, do we know exactly where the Mandalorian is taking place for the most part? Right now, it sounds like it's going to be mostly taking place on the Outer Rim. We didn't really get any planet names. Uh, they're keep, Like I said, they're keeping a lot of stuff very close to the chest. Um, but yeah, it's mostly going to be in the outer rim, kind of dealing with the lawless outskirts of uh, the n- the now christened New Republic. Um, so after that, we got a couple of the cast people or cast members. Sorry. Uh, so they w- we were able to see Pedro Pascal, uh, Gina Carano, and I wasn't expecting this. Carl Weathers. Yeah, man. Like, oh my god. Um, so we, we learned, I mean, Pedro Pascal, we've known for a little while now, he is the Mandalorian. Um, but we were also able to learn a little bit about the, uh, new members of the cast. So Gina Carano is going to be playing someone named Cara Dune. 
and there it sounds like she's gonna be a she very interesting character. Oh badass. yeah, she she looks like a solid badass. I mean, she was a badass in Deadpool as well. Yes. So well, yeah. I expect nothing less. We know that her character was a rebel shock trooper. Yeah, ex rebel shock so trooper. That for is her to sweet. be yeah. reintegrated back into society can't be an easy thing. Mm. And it's been five years and she's still struggling. For those so. who yeah, don't know, yeah. those are the jetpack troopers from the rebels, are they not? The shock troopers. Uh, I'm not sure. Was that is that? I thought they were just going to be kind of infantry. Yeah, kind of, kind of like into the just bust into down the a door first. and go yeah. at it. Fair know, enough. Like. Fair enough. I thought the shock troopers were the ones with the jetpacks, but I, I still be call them jet troopers or jump troopers. If any, yeah, jump I'm troopers. I think it is what their oh, okay. term is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I might be wrong there. Not 100 percent sure, but yeah. Um, and Carl Weathers is going to be. This is one of the places where I wrote over myself. So I hope I get this right. Grief Kaga. Uh, so he is a bounty hunter guild leader, and he is. Uh, I think. The setup is that he hires uh, the Mandalorian to deliver a shipment. Um, so the other things that we learned is, like Ed said, this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, from some of the little clips, I, don't, I really don't want to get into the clips too much because, I, like I said, it was a complete you know, media blackout. Um, but we saw some of the, the jumping creatures from Ryloth that you see in the Clone Wars. With the, the live-action version of those looked so yeah. good. I didn't realize... Like they look kind of derpy yeah. <laughs> in the in the Clone Wars TV series, but live action, they Boy. look to 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 any they're any like t- of the mini T Rexes that you can ride like one or two people on. Yeah, to to anyone who's a Warhammer fan and actually listening to this, they they sound like uh they look like this. Sorry, sound like they look like squigs. Are you talking Warhammer. about the Dubaks? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, they like, look kind of like mini Dubaks. Yeah, it looks like someone compressed a Dubak so it stands on two legs and has a big giant mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're from the Ryloth Clone Wars episodes. Okay. Um. Yeah, and, and the the um, the Twi'leks ride them into battle. Uh, we got some some pictures of the Im- I I don't know I don't know if they're called the Imperial Remnant in the new uh, lore, but it looked like the Imperial Remnant, so a lot of stormtroopers. Um, By the way, those things are called blurgs. Blurgs. Oh, interesting. Um, and then we also saw some because I just wrote all over myself here and I can't really see. Oh, I can remember part of this. This is the first live action Star Wars TV show ever, which I didn't realize. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Apart from the holiday special. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if that counts. Well, I guess it does count. But, you know, um, they were making a joke about that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is also the uh, first Star Wars show to be shot in L.A. and the U.S.A., which I didn't realize. I, you know, I guess it's mostly been shot in London and places outside of America. Um, unfortunately, again, I wrote all over myself here, so I can't really see some of the things that are here. But we also learned the name of the Mandalorian ship, which is the Razor Crest, and it kind of reminds me of the uh, Mantis ship from Star Wars: Old Republic that the bounty hunter gets. But it's, it was like chromed out. Oh, chromed out! It looks real nice. Like Padme's craft. Yeah. So exa- the D five Mantis has mm. three uh, kind of and uh, thrusters, yeah, thrusters, if you want to call it. Whereas the Razor's two. two. It's missing the the bottom one. Two circulars. Yeah, yeah, it's got two. Um, red and it, yeah, and and like Dan said, it's all chromed out. But unlike Padme's ship, uh, unlike Padme's ship. It is a battered up gunship. Like this, this thing is only chrome because it, it looks like it came off the line with no paint. Yeah. Um, it is a workhorse engine. It's definitely not made for beauty. Um, Let's talk about quickly the um, the behind the scenes with that. Yeah. That so was really cool. Yeah, they went into a whole thing where it, it turned out that they were interested in building a model of the Razor Crest, and then apparently ILM jumped on that and it did a whole thing where they actually. W- kind of in their spare time like they weren't really it doesn't sound like they were asked to do this they made 
an entire model ship with light up parts, super original, old, authentic, old school style. They made an entire camera kind of gimbal for it. They made in it in the guy in no uh, is it John Knowles garage? I think so. Yeah, I know his yeah. last name is Noel. I can't remember his first name. Sadly, I wish I could. Um, but yeah, he created the gimbals and stuff and the the recording um, things that the cameras mount on mm-hmm. to film these things in his garage. Yeah. And, for and this whole thing. And the prop rig for the Razor Crest and everything. And they showed it to us kind of like play-by-play. Uh, play. And it's amazing. It, it looks... The work that goes into that is yeah, painstaking. It look, and it, it looks, looks phenomenal. It looks so authentic to the old stuff. It looks just like the original Space fi- To give you a kind of image in your head, picture episode four starting with a Tantive four is kind of just going along. Yeah. And then you get... Uh, the super or just the star destroyer following behind it that sort of old timey sort of look it's the models right it's yeah the models that are being used it's not cg it's like legitimately handcrafted mm. models because you showed him crafting the, oh yeah, the putting ship it together piece by piece which was um, nuts yeah, yeah. so that old timey kind of look is where they really shine for that mm-hmm. to make it seem like you know this is still it's like it's Right after four, five, and six, and those were all shot in the old timey. So why go away from that? Exactly. Kind of yeah, thing? yeah. And and all three of the actors were very clear that uh, John's passion really came through and really kind of ex- inspired them to give it their all. And they were saying that that uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, both of them together, were such a powerhouse of just passion and lore and knowledge and everything, and it made their job so much easier, uh, so much easier to fit into. And go along with and kind of you know use that energy to fuel their performances. Um, and something else that was really cool is uh, apparently there are members of the Five O First Legion. They needed more stormtroopers, yeah, a yeah. lot more stormtroopers than what they had, yeah, and the yeah. number of costumes they had. So yeah. they, yeah, they sent them right out to the Five O First, and they're like, "We got you." And they sent out like 20, 25 stormtroopers yeah, at least yeah. to 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 take part in it. So that's amazing, you know. This is literally a fan. A fan project and a labor of love, and they they praised those five hundred first troopers and saying like they, oh, they were knew the part like they were gonna. Yeah. The directors were like, well, do we need to tell them kind of how to stormtroop? Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, nope. They, they knew it and they gave it their all all day, twenty four seven. I think that point is so strong too because one of the things Filoni was big on was that everybody who's working on this project oh, yeah, that's right. has to be a fan, yes, has yeah. to have passion for Star mm-hmm. Wars because it's not like a thing where it's like. You're a, you're an acclaimed director. You yeah. know how to direct things, and that's it. It's like no, you have to be a fan. Yeah, and yeah. getting the members of the Five Hundred First was huge for that. Oh yeah. Every they've got like five different directors for different things going on, uh, different aspects and different age groups for like you know people who are gonna watch this and who are gonna enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like they were saying, people who have been here for the last forty years and everything like that. There will be something for you to enjoy for sure. And moving along from that, it just seems to be. It seems like everything is set up right for this, where it's just like, this is, like Dan was saying, it is a fan-made project. Mm-hmm. So everything in here is for us. I think I think yeah. the big thing, too, is um, for me, uh, just as an interesting point, we have Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. We have now Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones. And uh, I think we need, oh, we have um, Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. We have Amelia Clark. As well, so there's three actors slash actresses that are in this from Game of Thrones. So I think we need to have um, the Mountain return and uh, <laughs> maybe have a, a fight against um, 
the Mandalorian. I think Ooh. that'd be yeah, very yeah. cool, very interesting, but just a fan thing for me. Now like, is the time to bring back Dirge. Make oh. him get Yo, it. Imagine the mountain as Dirge. That would be amazing. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I would I would be like in awe, my jaw to the hit the yeah, floor. You literally just take the mountain and make him bigger, put armor on him, scarier. Yeah, yeah, and like CG like crazy what's, arms. What's scarier than Gregor Clegane? Gregor Clegane that can regenerate and like <laughs> kill everything. Yeah, in his path. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, so two two kind of last quick points because uh, they actually did ask us. You know, no recordings, no nothing for. Uh, the little so all of this by memory. Yes, yeah, the little teaser. So I'm ju- I'm only gonna do a few things, because uh, one thing that me and Ed were talking about was the fact that the Imperial Remnant stormtroopers look very different from the the uh, movie stormtroopers, but mm-hmm. only because they are they are dirty and dinged up and scuffed. They are not dusty the pre- as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very battered. They are not the pristine stormtroopers that we're used to. And but it's Werner Herzog. Oh my God, I was so happy, Werner Herzog. Is Holy. such a beautiful, beautiful Imperial officer. Yeah. No. Whenever these trailers do drop, you're gonna like we were mentioning the game with that was it guy. wasn't a trailer that was a scene. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was amazing. That was a setup. That was it oh, was like a seven boy, minute boy. scene that we were able to watch, and it was. Can we let's just describe it for what we can from yeah. what, for memory. I, I I won't even bring up what the whole scene revolves around because again I I don't you know I don't want to betray yeah. any, anything that that. Uh, John Favreau uh, wants to keep quiet, but yeah, basically, the Mandalorian has a scene with a bunch of Imperial stormtroopers and Werner Herzog, and they have a uh, back and forth. And even though uh, Herzog, he talks very quietly and very politely and very slowly, he has such an intimidating, commanding presence. Exactly is, what I was thinking. Yeah, he is in charge of that room from beginning to end. Yep. And he is so beautifully, coldly charismatic. There's a point where. They're they're talking about payment, and he has a line that says, "Oh, you know, um, power belongs, or n- not power, but the item they're talking about belongs in the hands of its rightful owners." Yeah, and then they go on to just talk about how, uh, how 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 he believes the empire is a force of of order and justice. Exactly, and it's it's so beautifully chilling the way he says it with such commanding authority. And it's and quiet command. Yeah. And it, it's it's what I love about his performances. He sounds he always sounds so majestic. Yep. And so uh, he so in control, and I I I was so happy to see him there. Um, Pedro Pascal though in that scene as the Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah. Pulling guns on everybody, and he's yeah, like he, four. They have four stormtroopers trained guns on yeah. on him, and he's like, "We we're, we got you four to one." He's like, "I like those odds." Yeah. Like uh, it was good. You know, it's one of the things where when you have a character like that, a lot of the times they kind of, you know, they toe the line so that it shows how much more intimidating the villain is. But no, the Mandalorian stands his ground. He doesn't budge an inch, and it, it's such a beautiful back and forth. Um, I'm sure something that a lot of people will talk about from the trailers is um, IG88 because that, that was an amazing little, little scene. And I, I've already kind of seen a few spoiler things pop pivot, up pivot, about pivot. it. Pivot. Oh, but uh, him in action is beautiful. He is just—he's a killing machine. He, yeah, he is a killing machine. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, again, we won't go over over uh, a lot of the other stuff. I'm sure when the trailer comes out, you guys can see it and be yeah. just as blown away. As well, I was gonna mention like when the trailer does drop eventually, mm. guys, keep your eyes peeled for some certain characters because they're if you've watched certain shows, I won't say the shows. So I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, but there have been some on Amazon Prime. There's been some on Netflix from before. You're gonna see some faces that you're just gonna be like, he's in this. 
he's in this, she's in this, what, what, what? Like, they have brought some huge names into this show. Like, the, the Mandalorian is no joke. Mm-hmm. This is going to be something that ev- it's going to have something for everybody. Quick, quick point too. I'm just going to I'm just going to drop this little hint. Remember the words Kowakian monkey lizard. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Kowakian. Um, yeah. There we go. <laughs> um and also just a very quick thing, the sets are amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And to have those in based in the United States as yeah. sets, that's crazy. They look more realistic than Rogue One did. Oh yeah, as as awesome as Rogue One looked, because we know it's in the outer rim. We just don't know where exactly. in the outer rim this is. So that was. Are we are we good for the Mandalorian panel? Or is there yeah, any? Yeah, uh, one other little uh, quick. I thought this was really interesting trivia that they talked about. Um, they briefly went over the fact that I didn't know this. George Lucas was the creator of the dark saber. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that yeah. either. But I guess Clone Wars that would make sense. But yeah, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. realize that either. Yeah, they talked about the fact that it, they originally wanted Pre Vizsla to have a viral blade, and George was like, "No, no, lightsaber just going to destroy that. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't stand up to it." And then he came back a couple days later with the design for it. I was like, "Oh, awesome! All right, so the uh, creator of the lightsaber created the dark saber. It sounds super legit. Definitely my favorite lightsaber still. Yeah. Um. All right, that's the Mandalorian panel. That was the first part of our day. Um. Yeah. This uh, next few things go by pretty quick. Uh, Galaxy's Edge booth. We ran by and uh, went to. We wanted to do the fan festival, what they mm-hmm. called it. And um, Ed, do you want to talk about what that was and kind of what we did, and what all people that attended that booth could do? Yeah, there were a few things you were able to do. So one of the attractions from Galaxy's Edge is that you may or may not be captured by the First Order and be taken on a transport to their ship, uh, to a huge dreadnought, basically. And so for there, you get to kind of have a little pose in front of that. They have something called fan festivals, which are going to be hidden in holocrons across the the attraction site, where you either get to talk about your Star Wars story or why you're interested in Galaxy's Edge and why you're excited about it. You get 30 seconds to talk about this stuff, and then you get to make a little gif of yourself either... Running from an AT-AT, which is the one I chose. Running from an AT-AT. There's a couple uh, First Order Stormtroopers that are there. It was just a great personal thing that you could do for yourself. And it was a great thing that really built hype for Galaxy's Edge. And it's it's something that's going to be amazing. Like they have, They're going to have Smuggler's Run, which I know all of us are looking really forward to. Or really looking forward to, I should say. But it, just small things like this to really get us amped up for it was a nice touch for this. Really. I wanted to say quickly, like kudos to the team at the Galaxy's Edge booth because there was a lot of people going through those lines and they got us in and out in about 45 minutes. Oh yeah, super quick. So that was amazing to be able to have so many people get so many other convention attendees through something mm. so nice and so um, interactive as a booth um, in such, such a little time. But mm. also you didn't feel like you were rushed. Like you had time to enjoy that area. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we ran over to uh, the uh, Wintrust Arena because we wanted to get to the Clone Wars panel early. Yeah. We tried to get there about an hour and a half early to see how far we could get into the arena to get a good seat. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that we actually got there during the time that Alan Tudor was on stage with Warwick Davis in conversation and just discussing things about uh, his favorite parts of Rogue One. Uh, the new Star Wars live-action series, unnamed, the Cassian Andor series. He's in that. Uh, just so if anybody's curious about what Alan Tudyk was doing there, he played K2SO in yep. Rogue One. Yes. 
And uh, the nice thing about that, too, is he played Wash in Firefly. And at the very end of the panel, uh, they said, oh, and I think we have a little bit of a clip for um, everybody here that wants to see a little bit of the new Cassian Andor series. Oh. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it turns up and you see K2 in the U-Wing um, while everybody's out fighting uh, like Krennic and uh, Jin's dad's getting blown up on, on stage. Like on the platform oh, yeah, and stuff the like that. Facility, yeah. yeah, and so he's sitting there in the in the cockpit of the U wing with a death trooper and a stormtrooper, yeah, and he's reenacting figures. the scene as K two S O from uh, Firefly with the dinosaurs. Yeah, oh, yeah. curse you and your never betrayal! And then he like attacks the other mm-hmm. one. It was fantastic. So um, that was we got to the about thirty minutes of that panel, and then we went on to. The Clone Wars sneak peek, which yep. we were able to... It was nice enough that we were able to stay in the theater yeah. and find a good seat that was kind of in the middle for the Clone Wars. And they had... Um, uh, who was on stage for the... DJ Elliot and Mark Daniels was the host for the the um, intermission kind of thing yeah, um, for the pre-show for the Clone Wars sneak peek. But, my God. Guys, Clone Wars oh, saved. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I mean... By the time you're seeing this, you will have probably already seen we posted our uh, the audience's live reaction to the Clone Wars trailer. And oh my god, it is everything that I've ever hoped for in the return of a TV series. The animation is so beautiful now. I still think they're using some sort of new lighting engine because the lighting looks so, so phenomenal. The one thing that really stood out to me was the facial animation mm-hmm. and how realistic that looked. It, it must be mocap on their face for those because I don't know how else you get such smooth detail in the way that they express their emotions on their face. And that's important, too, because uh, for someone like me who studied animation to notice that, that's you know one thing. But no offense to Dan, for someone who has n- no idea what Shucks. goes into animation, <laughs> yeah, I have no to, idea. To notice that, that's huge. That shows how much more work they've been putting. I think. Into this. I think uh, my girlfriend Tanya, she, the one thing she did not like about the Clone Wars was the like marionette like. Okay, yeah, in the first couple seasons, the yeah. marionette like animation, mm-hmm. and this kind of combines the, I, I said like the outline of Clone Wars um, animation with mm-hmm. the internal heart. Of the animation of Rebels. Yeah, the the um, production technology of, exactly. of Rebels. Um, so we saw a couple other things, a couple new characters, a uh, couple of characters that if you've ever seen any of the older previs stuff from the older celebrations, you'd have recognized the Bad Batch. Yeah, we got up. a little bit of a clip from that, which was like a rework of the um, yeah, Bad uh, Batch. Yeah, of an older previs scene. Um yeah, you get to see another a scene out of that a scene that we talked about actually in one of our earlier episodes uh, from the Ahsoka book that makes its way into the Clone Wars series now, um, and it's it just made it's, Ashley cry. It made Ashley cry. It it made me it hit me right in the feelings because yep. it's such a beautiful scene, just showing how loyalty can extend beyond um, the kind of bar- the barriers that society places yep. you in. Um, and it's just phenomenal. They did show off a lot of uh, changes they want to make because it's been so long since season six and now season seven is coming out. They wanted to show like its time has passed and how have character models changed and how have they updated looks or character, like what are they wearing, stuff like that. How are they making it as close to episode three as possible because you know that's where this has to end up. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and one thing that um, Ed pointed out that I actually... 
kind of missed, I'm a little bit ashamed I did, was that the uh, Anakin in this season basically looks like his episode three version. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, they, they pulled up so many people on stage. At first, it was Sam Witwer, Ashley Eckstein, Ooh. Dee Bradley Baker, and I think that was it. Yeah, and then and Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni. <laughs> um, and then they pulled out an extra. They had Catherine Tabor, Padme, mm-hmm. Matt Lanter as uh, Anakin. Yep. Uh, James Arnold Taylor, Obi-Wan, and... Uh, Tom, Ka- Tom Kane. Tom right? Kane, who was the announcer, as yep. well as Yoda. And Yalaren. And finally, Matthew Wood, who voices Grievous and pretty much every BT1. So, yeah, and he's he's a sound designer, too. That's kind of how he got into it. So they were looking for do people to do the droids, and he's like, I got this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool how he got into that. Um, and they had a whole bunch of concept art for, like, Maul... Bo-Katan with an awesome shawl oh, yeah. updated over Bo-Katan. like a hoodie hooded like um poncho shawl thing yeah updated um, ahsoka updated ahsoka updated captain rex oh my god uh and then two new, new characters yeah. and i unfortunately yeah I, I won't yeah well we won't spoil that uh yeah because they yeah they don't even say them in the trailer so they do the, the one thing that yeah, yeah. uh the one thing that we do want to say i think is that sh- they do interact with ahsoka that's pretty much all we want to say yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be unreal. You you are gonna love this, yeah. this season. Twelve episodes 12 is episodes. confirmed, and uh, Dave Filoni made the joke that I think only the, ca- the cast can only handle twelve episodes <laughs> as a joke, as uh, trying to keep the secret so long. It's yeah. it's really hard to do. And so. honestly, this and the Mandalorian, I I was I had said before, ah, I don't think I'm gonna get Disney Plus. It's not really for me. I'll probably get Disney Plus now. Yeah, I want these. I think oh we're all God. all three on board with this Mandalorian yeah. and Clone Wars. It's so not to mention the Cassian Andor series. Yeah, I've got that yeah. T with Diego Luna especially like the the whole pre Rogue One series, especially because they have that gritty side of the universe. Show that you know the rebels while they while they were the good guys in the movies and yeah, they weren't that, necessarily it good didn't people. stop them from doing the things that were necessary to be done to achieve their goals. I I don't know why, but it's just it, it's like the it reminded me of the reverse of Wreck It Ralph, where Zangief's saying just because you're a good guy does or just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Yeah. This is the opposite. It's just yeah. because you're the good guys doesn't mean you're, you're a, a good, good guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we good for Clone Wars? Is there any other things you want to say? It was amazing. We, I think oh we all walked God. out of there, and our eyes were like, I almost cried when when certain scenes were played in that trailer and the footage we saw. It just it evoked so much emotion. Yeah. From yeah. from watching the Clone Wars and bringing it back, and the scenes that were um, so meticulously added to the trailer, and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just actually, I'm sorry, we forgot about one thing, and that's the thing everyone's going to be talking about, and that's the fact that Sam Witwer is back as Darth Maul. Not only Sam Witwer, but Ray Park Ray, is doing yes, the Ray mocap for Maul's fight. Yes, in the Siege of Mandalore, just everything that he's going to be doing in terms My, of fighting, yeah, nothing specific. Just if he's you know Ray Park, fighting. he's but, the original actor for Maul in Episode One. Yeah, I mean this this isn't huge spoilers because it's in the Ahsoka book, but it's also in the trailer. And in the trailer, this is where, if you've watched Rebels and you're confused as to why Maul knows who Ahsoka is at the end of Season 2, this is why, because Maul and Ahsoka are going to fight in the Siege of And it's apparently going to be the best lightsaber fight ever in any Star Wars, period. Well, well, Dave Filoni said he wanted this to be the best lightsaber fight he's ever done. He's ever done, okay. So in Clone Wars, um, I think it's going to be up there. Oh, I hope so. So, You know, I have complete faith in him. And... 
I'm really happy for everybody who's just like, oh yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm actually not the biggest Ahsoka fan at all. Like when um, everything for it just when it came out initially, I was just like, oh okay, he's got a Padawan. Okay, yeah, great. a lot of people didn't like Ahsoka right oh, away. Yeah, I, like, I was on that same boat, 100%. and then they, she developed into this amazing character. Yeah, like I was surprised, yeah. beloved to see, by everybody. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised to see just how much of a following Ahsoka had, and even up to the point where she left the Order, I was still kind of like, okay. Oh, yeah? Then like okay. Matt Lancer made like I already liked Anakin from the his outset. So for for Clone Wars, watching it. For me, it expands it Anakin 110% exactly, more. That's why I like the Clone Wars. So I really wanted more of him, and we are getting more of him. And I mean, Mortis, guys. The, so like, the two of them together was always like a kind of, like, this is a perfect mesh. Like, I can enjoy my favorite character, and then I can see, like, Ahsoka grow and everything like that, too. Yeah. Whereas this season seems to be, like, kind of separate places, but really focus on her, too. Uh, it's not taking away from me enjoying this series or this season at all. It's just, like, I just wanted more. Yep. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, I, um, I, I I was on the same kind of I was on the same page as Ed where when Ahsoka first showed up, I was like, Oh good, we have a character that relates to the children. Now we can sell more things. And going from that to watching the end of seasons rubble two and being like, Ahsoka, no Exactly. <laughs> such a such a huge change for me. Sorry to even continue this, but even in that when he the Vader gets like half of his like helmet yeah. oh, and that you see scene. the eye and he's just yeah. like She's, and she pulls out the I am no Jedi kind of line. It's like, yeah. so fine. That means he can kill you and be done with it. <laughs> like, I, I was on that side. It's just like, I, not that I'm not your fan. It's just like, mm. you, she doesn't resonate the way that other characters do for me. Okay. I, can appre- I can appreciate the character she is. Yeah, I can appreciate fine. everything she does. Yeah. But it is that easy for me to skip over half her episodes. Okay. Fair enough. No, that's fair. fair we enough. have partial like, and full conversion. You, you <laughs> want to get everybody's kind of set there. You have the full That's kind of better people. than being non-invested at all. Exactly. Yes, like yeah. You get the people who are just like 100% <laughs> yes. Well, I did appreciate what the clones did for her because next to Anakin, those were the guys in the series that I absolutely adored. It was the clones. Just a quick yeah. point too. I got to meet Ashley at Hot Topic in Toronto once for the um, Ahsoka and uh, you, uh, her universe uh, book that she released and she was such an amazing, friendly person. Like, it's funny to say, but she embodies Ahsoka, and Ahsoka embodies her. It's just they're they're two peas in a pod, and it's just amazing to be able to have a conversation with Ashley and oh, yeah. start I'd, to. I'd love, I'd love to be able to do that. Appreciate someday. Ahsoka as well as Ashley and everything they've done for the Star Wars universe and fandom mm-hmm. all over the world. Oh yeah. Just to touch up on that last point, uh, just really appreciate the clones, and especially for like I can appreciate what they did for Ahsoka with the whole, oh yeah, doing everything yeah, the with helmets. their helmets and everything like that. Like that was a huge moment, and I was just like, you know what? If you had somebody who was serving with you, especially in a war mm-hmm. for that long, to do something like that to just show appreciation, show loyalty for them, yeah, that was huge. The one and thing that was the part that really hit me, and yeah, which was like, and, and it. Exactly right, and it's it's you so you resonate with the clones more than you do Ahsoka, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. and and it just solidifies uh, Rex's friendship and how much he cares for Ahsoka even more into Rebels. And yeah, it's exactly it because yeah. like, relationship in Rebels is and meaning, just more meaningful than ever now. It means that season two, that end of season two, got punched when he 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 realizes what's happened. It hurts even more. Yeah, <laughs> the the one thing I do want to know, which we haven't gotten yet, is the name of that squad, that battalion. 
of troopers. Probably Tano Squad. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, from what I remember, they they actually forsake their legion number, and because it's technically technically they're not supposed they're to illegal. be on Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I just want to know what they call themselves. Yeah, that'd you know be what I mean. Interesting, because they all have the similar helmets and stuff, so it must they must have a name. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't remember a hundred percent what happens in the book, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. To I see mean, what then they again, do. it is Anakin sanctioned, right? So there you go. Kind of like I'm just gonna look the other oh, way. I mean, it's classic Anakin. You right? go for it, Snips. Guy. You're not. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to interfere. All right. Well, this happened. Thanks, guy. Guy. Whoops. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next pieces of our afternoon. Um, as we kind of got out of the Clone Wars panel, we were walking back to the McCormick place, and I got up to run into Justin Bolger from originally the Force cast is where I kind of knew him from, and he yeah, moved over right. to Lucasfilm, and now he's working at ILM X-Lab. And it was just, I just saw him walking through, and just I said, hey, Justin, like, you got a second to talk? And at first, I think he was a little off, like, taken off guard. He's like, someone recognizes me. In, in in just by passing and mm. so it was a great conversation really nice guy first time i got to actually meet justin and talk to him and and tell him the story of how he and the force cast at the time four years ago got me into star wars celebration which was amazing it was the uh force cast had a twitter um contest going on and i applied for it and i, I won two weekend passes on a sunday uh afternoon and I flew out on the Wednesday <laughs> of that week um, to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. So we bought our tickets, flight, hotel, all that stuff. I had to renew my passport from on the Monday and had to expedite it to get it back on the Wednesday morning before our flight in the afternoon. So it was just a crazy thing. And it was so nice to meet Justin and to just be able to tell him how much I appreciated everything he's done for the fandom and how much of an inspiration he is to not only me, but to people all over the Star Wars fandom. So that was really cool. Um, after that, we kind of went over to the 501st and Mando Mercs booth. And Ed, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you are really excited to start some cosplay that is sanctioned by the 501st, possibly, in Mando Mercs. Yeah, when whenever you want to do something, you want to make sure you do it right or just as close to authentic as you can. And there's no one better to talk to than the 501st or the Mando Mercs just for building up some stuff. And these guys, if they look intimidating, all the armor, everything like that, just how much they've got going on. But they are some of the nicest people you could ever talk to. They are always willing to help out. They threw business cards and everything they could at me to be like, what their biggest thing was like the first thing you need to have is knowledge. And once you have that, you can have anything on there. And because knowledge is power. Yeah. Darn it well. What wait, that's a Warhammer quote. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You do talk about that stuff too. Oh, all the time. But um We are having an offshoot podcast called Warhammer forty K in Michael's backyard. It'll just be me talking for twenty four hours until I pass out. You know what we're gonna make we're gonna call it Michael's basement and it's gonna be like subtitle Warhammer forty K. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they extremely helpful. They've got sites and commanders all over, all over the world, pretty much. And if you ever get interested in them, they've got their websites. They've got, they have a lot of meetups. They've always got something going on. Like, we're, you know, we're based in Toronto. We've got the Toronto-based Legion. We've got the Kitchener-based one. It's, these guys are definitely out there to help you out with anything you need. Submit anything to them. They'll tell you where... If you're going anywhere, if you're doing anything right, if you're doing anything wrong, where they can, you got to be open to criticism because you've not made the 501st. It's all right. Oh, there you go. That um, was that was on, on point. But that being said, like, I know that if as I'm making my first builds or anything like that, I am going to be back and forth with these guys because 
I again want to make it as authentic as possible and they are the best people to talk to for this and you know what they said the one quote that stuck with me that really again I've been so emotional this entire weekend but he said it's like you're gonna meet the family you never knew you wanted to have it's like the clone legion basically you know Rex and his brothers fives echo all that kind of stuff it's, like, right. it's not the exact same relationship obviously but it's 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 a similar brotherhood yeah, and but, sisterhood. But also to touch on what Ed just said, like, th- th- I mean, I never thought I would be excited to see a panel in live action or, you know, in the flesh. And I lost my mind at the Mandalorian and Clone Wars. Like, it was you, you, just... You did. You definitely did. I was not expecting reactions out of you. Yeah. And it just... It, you're just bug-eyed. Just oh, yeah. No, you, you've heard... from the mouth. You've heard me on the podcast. <laughs> you guys have heard me on the podcast before where it's like... I mean, I've got energy, but I, I like to be reserved. And I was screaming and shouting, and you know, I was I was clapping with the rest of them because oh, we, we had to hold them down so he didn't run up on stage. <laughs> okay, well, let's not That's go crazy. That's a bit much. That's <laughs> for, for Noma, but most pessimistic one out of all of us. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not seeing even his arguing. reactions. It was great. It was great. It just it just triggers something visceral in you. This is our, this is something that's been with us since we were kids, right? Decades and decades now, and just to see that for the first time and understand that. You know, you're seeing history unfold. It just it tr- if it triggers something in in literally even the most pessimistic of us, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, everyone's got their thing that makes Star Wars meaningful to them, and we know that it's Clone Wars and live action for you. Yeah, yeah. you know that's the in fantasy and, of light. Let's be and, honest. Well, yeah, any anything honestly, anything with with that much passion, and that much drive, and that much effort put into it, I I can't I can't hate something that I know has that much passion inside of it just wait for the legion minis to get painted ahsoka like and imagine oh. the x-wing uh mando ships and like all the merch that's coming Th- out this is literally why we were walking out of the of the convention today and i was like i'm we were talking about uh actually i guess we can we can move on to, to that part as well or actually we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back to it in a little bit but yeah as we were leaving i was talking about the, the legion stuff and why i was getting into it and i realized why i really want to get into that game uh, but like I said, we'll get into that because there was something else that we did after the Mando Mercs and the 501st. Yeah, we went to the Vader Immortal demo. Um, Justin invited us over to just check it out and see because we didn't realize there was a demo. We just knew there was a big booth. And he's like, yeah, come on over when uh, when you got a chance and uh, you guys can try out the demo. And just line up and give it a shot. And so we got some video footage of, of Ed. Since he's the video game guy and, and whatnot, he went into Vader Immortal, and uh, here's a little clip of the live reaction of Ed uh, right after he did the demo. Yeah. Let it be known that I still have not seen this footage, so <laughs> have fun. There it is. So, Ed, you just went into the Vader Immortal demo, which is about seven minutes long. We have footage of it, but we couldn't see what you saw and experienced. So, Ed, how was interacting with vader and the dojo so um if you ever wondered or if anybody is wondering vader is tall <laughs> he is he's tall. like i sorry before we keep going we should probably point out just in case anybody doesn't know vader immortal is a oculus vr experience yeah, yeah and they've got a demo here at celebration and ed was the one out of all three of us got to try it but anyway sorry for interrupting ed keep going oh yeah he for anybody who doesn't real or didn't realize it before vader is tall like i stand at a good six foot and i still had to like look up at this guy and like fully crane my head up to this guy and from everything like as soon as you drop in you're 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 in an interrogation room and like you're 
just being talked to and trying to be intimidated and then doors open and in he steps and you hear the boot fall. You don't hear the breathing right from the start. It's not until he gets maybe like halfway there. That's when it starts to happen. You're just like, oh man, it's him. It's him. And, and he, he, I barely heard what he was saying because I was kind of awestruck for a bit. But it was just like, you know, he's, he hands you a box that looks kind of like a hologram. He's like, open this or you die, basically. And I'm just like, huh. I stood there for like 10 minutes. I was like, I don't know how to open this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this thing early. I don't know how to open it. But the way the, the, way the uh, experience works with your, I guess you can call them hand controllers, um, you literally the motion is there. So you don't even need to press a button. It's like there was a little like triangle on the top. You actually just like kind of push down with a controller. So you just move your hand down and it just clicks it in kind of. And then from there, this whole kind of thing opens up. It was a beautiful image. And then it just looked like one single kyber crystal or something that came out of it. And it was like, okay, dude, what is that sort of thing? And like before you're just like, I wanted to back up and be like, you know what? I like this thing a little much. So I'm going to take it, summons it right back with the force. She's like, oh, you opened a great mine kind of thing. So it was just like, I forgot you could do that. I was still kind of in the headspace. Fine, that's cool. And he's just like, he's like, I'm gonna summon you later. And I think that's where like the story part kind of ended. And then they throw you into the dojo. And that part is great because it it gave me the same feeling of like anybody who's like watched episode four when you see Luke training on the uh, Millennium Falcon with Ben, and he's trying to with the dro- with the little uh, drones that are just, like firing at him, right? Like, that's the experience you get. And, like, from turning, it's a 360 kind of experience. So you do have to turn. You do have to move. Then one of them just started back behind me. So it's like, oh, God, okay, let's turn. And then from there, like, your saber, man, okay, your saber, that thing is a joy to hold. I, anybody who's wants, like, you, I wanted to turn it off and on as much. No, but you hear that awesome kind of, you hear that awesome kind of as it hits. So I wanted to like off again, on again, off again, on again. I wanted to do that a lot. So between the rounds, I was kind of just like you. Def- the, the laser deflect felt great, actually. Like you turn and it's like, okay, you see, they kind of give you a prompt that it's about to fire because we, we're not force sensitive, right? So we don't know, but it's just like, hey, I'm kind of glowing red and boom. And then from there, you're just like, oh, you can deflect it any kind of way you want. There's no kind of stance or anything. So one of them, I just got lazy and it's kind of just like, ah, did it. But in between the rounds, you can kind of just mess about how you like. So there was one of them where everybody wants to do a saber flourish. Everybody wants to do something with it. So I kind of, I wanted to do like the whole Kylo, just like, and it works. You see it go in front of you and everything like that. You hear it. So like it does the full figure eight. It, it, you can, you can. And then, so I wanted to take it a step further and be like, well, can I shield? Because it'll actually stay on your hip if you, like, put it down. Yeah, and then, so for one part, I was like, I want to see if I can do the whole, like, in, if you've watched one of the old Republic trailers, Malgus throws his lightsaber, gets it back, and then just kind of, like, pockets it right away kind of thing, right? So I want to see if, I can't throw it, but I want to see, like, can I just do the sort of just, and I could. And at that point, I was like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be messing about in this thing so much when it comes out. I wasn't a fan beforehand or not that i wasn't a fan but i was very skeptical about it it's one of those yeah you have to remember that uh this is one of the two pessimists on the show talking and listen to him now right and yeah, like the skepticism will always be there i can't lie but 
it's one of those things where you you do have to try it to really get that full kind of that full kind of experience with it. Now, are you gonna buy an Oculus set for this? Do you think? I is still it, is it worth that much, or is it is it like it's an experience that you would like to try and do the whole thing, but maybe not invest that eight a thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars of equipment? Well, remember, yeah, remember this full experience is supposed to be fifty min, forty five to fifty minutes. They said of story, and then the dojo itself is, is endless. In, yeah, well, it it, it is. It does, I think they said fifty rounds, but it takes anywhere from. An hour and twenty to three and a half hours to beat. Yeah, and that's one game, yeah. right? And, and, and it's many on, games for Oculus. And it's on the new Oculus coming out, which I was given the spiel at the uh, Luke ILM uh, X panel, which is now three ninety nine for for the, the Oculus. Yeah, the Oculus without a computer. It's just it's a console on its own now. Yeah, yeah, the the headgear itself. Nice. So the reasoning why it could be anywhere from an hour and twenty minutes to three hours is because you get ranked on every round that you yeah, do. Yeah, and so like they do, do like. If you play Battlefront 2, you know how you have the three the stars. sort of stars with yeah. it. Based on how you perform, that's what you get. So wow. for round two, there were a couple of times where I took a heavy swing at one point and kind of just kind of lost my bearing. And from there, so I got two out of three stars. Whereas in the first one, I was just like, okay, yeah, three stars, no problem sort of thing. But it's would I buy an Oculus for it. It's one of those, you know what? I think I would. For the fact that ES people are like, oh, it's like a 45-minute to an hour experience sort of thing. But it's going to be one of those things that I want to pick up every, like, like once a week kind of thing. I want to just, like, hey, I want to mess around with a lightsaber. I want to try this new thing. I want to see if I can spin and do this thing instead. I want to see if I can do this. Like, there's a lot in that experience that you can mess around with. And who knows if they want to add any more, if they decide, like, you know what? This was such a raving success. Why don't we put more into it? Like, I, I am, I'd say I'm 80% of the way there from being, like, yes. Give, give me one of these or let me buy one of these kind of things. Like, I don't know if we have a release date for it yet, but it's something I'm going to keep my eye out for because this is something I definitely do eventually want to get my hands on. Definitely. It may not be release date itself. As we know, when things are released on day one, there's bugs. things to be fixed. Bug, bug, bug. Exactly. There's things that we have to work on. But within, I'd say maybe a month of release, two months of release, maybe even up to six months of after release, I'd be taking a look at it. So not to panic you, um, but from what I heard from one of the guys at the Vader Immortal booth and from the uh, panel that I went to, the new Oculus is coming out in spring this year, so it's in the next couple of weeks or maybe a month or two, and Vader Immortal's dropping with it. Oh my god. Okay, so that's coming. So by July... <laughs> By the way, those prices are American, right? Yeah, I'm assuming they were American because I mean we're in Chicago, right? So three ninety nine, maybe like four fifty, four fifty five hundred. So if probably. you want to think about it, this it's between the price of a PS4 and a PS4 Pro. But it's on the it's by itself. Like you don't need an extra computer for that. You don't need anything. Which I, for I do have, but I don't. You know, if you're just gonna get the headset, you might as well get the system with it. What I will say is that if you are interested in this thing. One thing that is a complete necessity, and this is for your own safety, you need an open space for it. And a handler, probably, Be to make sure that you don't hit Somebody around that you do not hurt yourself, because... When you were I in there, you, you dropped your headphones, and... Dropped the headphones. Yelled, yeah. I was unaware. Apparently, I almost walked into a wall at you one were point. You close, yeah. But I, being in there, it's a completely immersive experience, so I had no idea. Like, I just thought I was still in, like, the center of the ring. Yeah, you, like were, you were coming up on the walls a little bit, but we didn't have to move you or anything like that. It was just the headphones that dropped. Because you just you move too fast, but that's you know it's the play of the game, right? It's the inner Jedi in me. 
Yeah, like the first thing I thought of, because I'm kind of tempted to do this as well, was like maybe buy some of those, you know, like the things they have. Well, they have got them here, like those kind of um, cloth barriers or those kind of like... Uh, something you can step yeah, on, yeah, sort little, of. Little foam or something barriers and just build a little box around yourself so that you don't go nuts and destroy your house kind of thing. That's so like if you have a basement space or something where you can clear out a lot of space. Or VR you know room what? specifically. Maybe, honestly, because all you need is the headset and the um, and the controllers and the, head and the headphones, yeah. uh, which play in the headset. If you have a backyard, go for it. Because why not? Not when it's raining. No, well, uh, yeah, you don't fight the elements. You're just fighting. No, why not? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Electronics in your head. Yeah, okay. You're not fighting the elements. You're fighting everything that's inside the VR. Ed, but final thoughts on VR Mortal. Definite positive. Um, Would you recommend a buy if someone already has Oculus stuff? Oh, if you have an Oculus, I don't know what you're waiting on for this one. Then, other than the release date itself, I was just, yeah, just the release date. Yeah, just the release date. But if you have one, this should be something that's added to your library on day one. For sure, hundred percent. All right. If you don't have one, it's probably going to be on YouTube. People are going to be posting their experiences all over the place. Definitely take a look at it because it's worth taking a look at for sure. And if you're at Star Wars Celebration today is Sunday, we'll post this tonight. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, if you're here. Try out VR, uh, the VR Vader Immortal stuff because it is unbelievable. If you do want to try it out on the Monday, be sure to get here early because they close out extremely quickly. Like when we were there just maybe, I don't know, maybe half an hour ago to an hour ago, they had actually stopped taking people for the line. And it was only around 6 o'clock. So if this place closes up at 8, so that's two hours. The, the wait is about... Earlier on, they were saying it was about four hours from when you got in the line to when you could actually try it. Wow. So it is a, it's something you got to dedicate the day to or half the day to. But for those, like, seven to ten minutes, definitely worth it. And definitely a quick, worth A quick shout-out to Justin Bolger, a uh, guy who works at ILMX Lab. Nice guy. We got to meet him. And just overall very informative of the, the game, Bitter Immortal, and just kind of tidbits on it. Super, super nice guy. All right, guys. We'll talk to you in the next episode. See you later. All right, and if you want to see the actual video footage, I'm going to see if I can edit it a little bit and put it up onto our Twitter page and possibly the website. Uh, we'll see so. what I can get up there. Um, the other thing, too, is after the Vader Immortal demo, we went to the Fantasy Flight Games X-Wing demo booth, and uh, Noma convinced us to go over there, and I yeah. think Noma converted not just myself, but Edward as well. Yeah, Dan's being polite. After the Vader Immortal booth, I dragged them over to uh, Fantasy Flight. <laughs> I was I was being dragged. My my hands were on the ground, clawing at the carpet, trying to get away. Pulling yeah. a Grievous right now. <laughs> Scuttlebug Grievous. But uh, yeah, so so we got an X-wing demo in, and I was curious because uh, as I I think I've said before, I haven't tried um, the new second edition of X-wing. So I was like, oh okay, we'll, we'll do a little game, and and so there were a lot of people there. It was me, Ed. Uh, and Dan and the um, the guy running the demos, who unfortunately I, I don't think I ever grabbed his name. Really um, nice guy, very helpful, very yeah, informative. Yeah. And awesome sorry we don't remember dude. your name, man. But dude, if you're listening, thank you for that demo because you have made fans of of that game oh, immediately. Yeah. And and he made it, the game so easy to understand. Um, and so and and another guy and was also there. So we each actually took one of the five ships. Uh, so me, Ed, and Dan were uh, the Empire. We had, yeah. I I went with the generic Obsidian Obsidian Squadron, which then cut me off, and I died. Uh, let's not get into into semantics here, but <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> I made a little bit of a mistake. But uh, yeah, Dan was uh, Mauler Mythil, 
and uh, Ed went with Darth Vader himself. Makes sense with 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 Eddie there. Yeah, and we went up against uh, Luke Skywalker and Wedge Antilles. What a pair! Yeah, and and they they uh, like Dan said, you know, uh, Ed was really enjoying the game. At one point, uh, Dan was kind of talking to the guy, and and Ed goes. Okay, so can, can we keep playing? Because I really want to see how this plays out. Um, and yeah, I, he was really into it. Yeah, and at that moment, I was like, yes. Also, yes, I want to play too. <laughs> Join the dark side. Yeah, and uh, so as we were leaving, I, I was thinking to myself, like, because it, it, it kept sticking with me, and I was like, I really want to play Legion Clone Wars for some reason, even though I don't know anybody right now that plays it. Um, and I haven't convinced uh, Dan or Ed to yet. And then I kind of realized it was because I love Clone Wars so much. I love all those characters, and the fact that they have... The Republic now in Star Wars and Legion Clone Wars means that I'll probably get, an, you know, a Rex model. Um, Generic clones. Yeah, well, be, because they also... Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3? Well, Phase 3, right? Uh, well, Phase 1 technically doesn't exist, I think. Um, fa- or it's the training uh, armor from the Clone Wars series, I th- I believe. Um, but yeah, so like I'll be getting all the characters I love, right? You'll get a, I'll, I'll get Ahsoka eventually, because Fantasy Flight knows how much people love everything within if they can if they can make fans dreams come true on mini maps with mini shirts yeah they will oh of course and easily it, yeah and so I, I can easily see them later releasing a squad a squad of you know fives echo heavy um all, bad batch yeah bad batch every every character that people love right so you'll be getting all those you'll be getting a you'll be getting obi-wan you'll be getting maul you'll be getting savage grievous I mean, Grievous is already out. They, they've already shown that one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we, I was talking about it earlier, but yeah, yeah. Grievous is, is... Oh, that's right. Sorry. you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Grievous and Obi-Wan are the first commanders that were getting out. Um, Hashtag remember fives. Yeah. Oh, man. Exactly, right? Yeah. Poor, poor, poor guy. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll, we'll, we'll easily, because they also know some of the other people, people like... So I'm sure we'll be getting a Krell at some point, and he'll just be an Could you imagine? He'll just be an absolute monster, I'm sure. I'm sorry, you mentioned Krell. I gotta speak about him for a second. Dude, how imposing was this guy with his, like... He was in in the Clone Wars preview when we first got there. They released, like, a... Yeah, yeah. Like, a kind of... Over like, over the years, Clone Wars footage, like, yeah. some of the big points. Yeah, it was like a highlight Wars reel. Years, uh, seasons one to six. Mm. Highlight reel is exactly yeah. what it was. And Krell was in there, and... I remember seeing that in the in the panel, mm. and as soon as Krell jumped on the screen and he was spitting through the arm, I audibly gasped and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Oh, yeah, because as as terrible of a person that he was, everyone remembers Krell. He has that like those his lightsabers sounded heavy. Oh yeah, it's like Dex, but badass, imposing. Yeah, it's oh, like Dex was badass. It's, it's like any basilisk that we've seen so far, but exactly. imposing. Gord. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But um yes, but but it was it was that kind of spark where I was like, oh my god, I get to do this, and then I kind of uh, I I was kind of seeing that and hoping that you know Ed and Dan are kind of getting that same thing with X Wing and stuff like that, where you get to play the characters you love. And because yeah, because Ed was talking about uh, wanting to do the Republic with you know Obi Wan, Anakin, you get all those guys later on, and especially with X Wing, they love to go into the really obscure pilots, so. I I'm sure for for the when we get the Etas uh the Eta fighters instead of the Deltas, we'll be getting yeah Mace Windu, Sasani Tin, so um, many good Plo fighters, Clune, just every every Jedi under the sun who's ever flown one of those things. I just have to say though, when they release the Grell, if they do, 
Um, I'm really excited to see the variant of Dex with lightsabers. Just putting a little tiny hat on them <laughs> and coloring them up. All yeah, Dex like that would be hilarious. Have fun with that. Oh, I'm sure people will with that. That would be so you have much to fun. Co-pilot with Obi Wan though. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to get bonuses on? against Mandalorians? Do you want to move on to one of our favorite parts of the weekend for food? Because <laughs> that is the last thing that we encountered today. Yeah, and Dan will, was definitely not going to let us end the podcast without talking about this beautiful restaurant. It was amazing. So yeah, we we got uh, a lift coming in on Thursday night um, into Chicago, and we were talking to the lift driver, and he said that some of the best places to be were um, Portillo's and a place called Carson's, and so we went to Carson's tonight. We just were like, you know what, we haven't treated ourselves to a good dinner this whole weekend, so yeah. let's let's go for Carson's because they have ribs and steaks and stuff. Yeah, and also uh, kudos to Ed because Ed had uh, he said, oh yeah, Portillo's and Owls, they've got amazing. Uh, Italian beef dip sandwiches, and uh, Ed was like, "Oh, you know, I also really love ribs." And that's when he mentioned like, "Oh, Carson's." Yeah, exactly. So we we got the Carson's tonight. Uh, we walked in. We made a reservation, super easy on Open Table, and then we walked in, and my God, the atmosphere is beautiful. Mm. The service was top tier, um, and we had the best ribs of our lives. Plus, for me and Ed, we got some of. The best chicken, barbecue yeah, chicken, yeah, that I've ha- ever had. I've, and the barbecue yeah. sauce. Before they brought out the food, they brought out this little like um, decanter, almost. decanter of barbecue sauce that was warmed up. And I just, I took my butter knife and I'm like, I need to try this sauce before this, because I'm so excited, I'm so hungry. <laughs> so I, 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 test, I tasted it, and my god, I was in heaven before I even touched the ribs, and those ribs, the chicken, the coleslaw, even and. If you haven't been to Carson's in Chicago, go. Yeah. Shit is highly recommended. Also, yeah, I I got the uh, salt and pepper crusted baked potato. Never even knew that was a thing. It was so good. I think I powered through those the full rack of ribs in like 10 minutes. Oh yeah, you finished before the rest of us did. <laughs> that was that was amazing. I'm I'm a horrifically fast eater and I was the last person for some reason. Though you did like you made those bones shine oh. by the end. Oh, of course. You got to get every morsel. You said something about you said something to to the waitress and us about uh you eat to feel full oh. <laughs> or you eat. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an old saying that that my dad uh was told years and years ago by uh, a Samoan uh a Samoan guy while he was in Hawaii. And he he's applied that to me for uh, most of my life, and it's pretty much completely true. Um, but it was that most people eat until they are full. Samoan people eat until they're tired. And y- you could apply that to me and I think all of us today because we basically gorged ourselves on, on those portions. If I could, I would have eaten more, but I couldn't. I you, was done. You just have to be like me and be a monster, man. Well, At one point, we were offered dessert, and we just right away <laughs> turned it down. We looked at our waitress, and we're like, yes, we would love dessert, and I'm sure they're all delicious, but we're, yeah. we're it, tired now. It would have been like that Monty Python skit. Uh, I think it was Meaning of Life with the giant fat man, and then he eats one more bite and explodes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the weird owl, I'm fat. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. one of those ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the end of our day three. And guys, we will be coming back on day four. We have one panel that we're going to, and then yep. we're flying back home. Um, so we will be having a good time on day four. And for this episode, we are the Voice of the Force podcast. You can find us on Twitter at VoiceForcePod, Facebook.com slash VoiceForcePod. Our website is www.VoiceOfTheForce.com. And you can email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com for any feedback, 
anything if you if you met us this weekend send us an email or a tweet and just say hey we had so much fun or like a memory that you guys had from Star Wars Celebration with us. Oh, yeah. We would love to hear from you guys mm-hmm. and uh, any other memories that you made after or before that uh, encounter. And uh, it's just been phenomenal to be able to meet so many people in line and make so many connections in the Star Wars fandom and community and to share Star Wars Celebration with not only people I don't know, but friends that I cherish and wanted to share this experience with Noma and Ed. With that said, guys, may the force be with you.